The hosts, Rob Velazzi and Jason Dominique, and their guests are not financial advisors unless otherwise disclaimed. The content on Today at Ember is for educational and entertainment purposes only and merely cite their own personal opinions. Know that all investments involve some form of risk. Please work with an investment professional. And now, on to today's episode with Today at Ember. Welcome to Today at Ember. Happy Thursday. We're a weekly series, the former series brought to you by the executive team, uh, everyone here at the Ember Project. Uh, we're live every Thursday at 2 p.m. You can watch us live at twitch.tv slash join Ember. Or you can always catch us on any of the following podcasts that are distributed directly after this. Um, so just to give you an idea of what we're doing here today, we're kind of going to be uh, going over some stuff that we do with Ember Project. This will be on a weekly basis. We'll be answering your questions. We'll discuss product updates. I kind of think of this as sort of like an AMA meets Joe Rogan, I guess would be the best experience. Uh, I'm your host, Rob, uh, who's head of comms, and our co-host here is head of strategy, Jason. Pretty excited about this uh, live show here, Rob. I've uh, been talking about it for quite some time, and uh, to be honest, we uh, we decided to do this because we've been listening to the community, and I think one of the main things that came out is basically that they wanted to have a better way to connect with us and have a better uh, window into also what we're working on. So after brainstorming internally for quite some time, it came to us, we're going to do a show. It's a hybrid version. Obviously, if you're watching it, you're you're one of the lucky few. It's also going to be available on all the different uh, podcasts you know, from Apple to Google to Spotify. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, this is something that we've been thinking about a long time. You know, people that have been aware of our existence, especially in this entire space, people are hungry for information. I mean, they're pretty much insatiable. So we wanted, you know, everyone to feel as if we're not only connecting to you, but you're also connected to the project, give you updates and and also to um, something that's not done in the space is the level of transparency we're going to give you guys. Uh, a lot of this is a learning experience for us as well. It's been a hard road ahead, and things happen in business. And, and because of the way the Ember Project works, and we're going to get in that a little bit about that today, that we want to show you what happens pretty much behind the scenes. I think our first subject we wanted to get to, though, and for people that are new and, and the people on our Discord and stuff, and, but people that seem to come up from other projects, but really what Ember is about. I know people are excited about the Ember token, but we're more than just some, some cryptocurrency in the space. The, the whole idea behind uh, this initiative, you know, to begin with, and then it became more uh, than an idea and more of a physical project. And, and Rob just mentioned it, uh, you know, today at Ember, is, is, it's something that you're able to see pretty much almost like it's, it's live, you know, where we're communicating as it's happening, our experience as a, a startup. This is what we want to do with, with Ember, this idea that we want to help anyone and empower them to go from ideation to launch. And this is something that is not really streamlined in the space. If, if you look at the current experience for an entrepreneur, uh, a creative that goes out and think, you know, thinks about uh, an idea and if if it's going to be in the in um, in the blockchain space, 
it's it's quite fragmented. So building the community, uh, engaging with it, and then uh, interacting, getting early feedback, and setting up the business. There is so many things to think about that for us, we thought the best way to encapsulate this all is to lead by example. So this is us doing and learning also, obviously, uh, as we go. There's a lot of things. I mean, I'm personally have been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, but navigating in, in, in the crypto space has brought, obviously, a lot of new uh, realities because, as we know, this is a space that in, in many of the sort of legal realms, it's not so welcome from bank accounts to all those sorts of things. I guess the fragmentation um, of how you connect with your community is, is fragmented. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you look at most of, uh, of any project, you have part of the community that's going to be on Reddit. Another part is going to be like on Telegram. Another one's going to be on Discord. And then once you build those communities, I think the major problem for having lived it right now you know, in our, in our current uh, endeavor like how are we going to be able or who like whoever is starting a project is, is it's hard to convert that audience into early investors, early adopters, because the friction is so far in between the products and the actual community. So Ember is literally this, you know, we want to empower creatives, makers to go from ideation to launch in this one seamless experience and we're taking you along for, for our, our ride as well, which essentially is the first project. You know, we, we like to see it as the first project. Yeah, uh, the Amber token. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that we're doing with that is really with our with launching on our launch pad is our first uh, initial real launch on, on, on that platform. And what's great about it, we can talk about this too as well if you want to kind of get into it, is what's people talk all the time. And Jason, I remember you were saying to me before is that, you know, someone's on this, it's what are your products? You know, what is it that you guys actually had that's tangible? We mentioned some stuff when it comes to our smart contracts. And really, our product is these smart contracts. This is proprietary stuff that we've built from the ground up that is really the, the, the basis that everything from the Firestarter launchpad will be using. Do you kind of want to talk about those smart contracts and why they're important and, and, and how that benefits not only the Ember token, but also, you know, Ember moving forward? Yeah, this this is probably the most important question right now because when we say we're we're working behind the scene, starting a blockchain powered startup requires quite a lot of thought process initially on many many different areas, but all of them are quite they they all intersect around the smart contract and this means that our initial product, if we think about it truly, we basically need to go not only in, in terms of how the use cases are going to be applied right now, but also are they going to be, will they be able to live on economically? So our current products that we've been working on are those smart contracts, and, and there's multiple of them uh, that interact uh, within each other, most people will be very familiar with the most simplest form of contract, which is the token contract. And that token contract, it is right. You know, it's it's something that can be minted 
in, in a couple seconds, many service providers enable anyone to do it. And that's why we're seeing quite a lot of, you know, in the last year or two, we've been seeing a lot of projects that don't have sustainable business model that revolve simply around the token contract per se, which has, you know, nothing really bolted onto it. But in, in our case... Yeah, a lot of these products are just cut we, and paste when it comes to their to- how, the, how that Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody's heard about the, the forking of X project or forking of, of that project. And you can even see like trails and bits of, of that smart contract because even people don't even go on, on those very basic and uh, uh, they actually work really well. You know, if you want to do a basic contract and you want to mint it, it'll cost you about $5. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you see those all over, all, even... all over, all over the, the BSC. Exactly. And this is something we're uh, not necessarily fighting against, but we want to create a different culture around building legitimate you know, projects. So what I was trying to refer to is that this, this initial contract it includes... M- very simple notions, but you can go very, very far in it. Some of these elements are quite crucial in how you decide initially these elements, like something uh, like uh, total supply. Uh, um, is, is it going to be a fixed cap or uh, deflationary, inflationary? So all these things have very deep fundamental impacts on the utility you want to build. And I think that it's important that everyone understands that when we decided to create the utility of this empowering people and you know going from ideation to launch, we had to extrapolate for many, many years and thinking about, so how are we going to get there? And what are you know the potential outcomes? And if we do have those different potential outcomes, is our current contract for the token will it be able to take us there so yeah because we're this not, comes we're, down we're not, thinking, to, of, we're not yeah. thinking about just when it's developed just to just to this building this idea of it's a token and have a smart contract we've this has been a development thinking one two three five years ahead you know when it comes to what our plans are and developing something like that from the ground up you know, was integral to 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 our success this is not something that we've just you know like it's not some contract that's been you know, copy and paste it from or forking from some other from some other token um, or some other smart contract. This is something that we've had to develop from the ground up. And if you want to get into more depth on what some of those other smart contracts are and, and, and how they are to kind of integrate with one another to show how that we're thinking more than just, you know, six, seven months ahead, we're thinking, you know, five years ahead. Yeah, exactly. And so so that first part of the token smart contract, once once you decide those basic things from the ticker to um, to the total supply and et cetera, this, these will determine the, the price that it will launch at when, when you go public or in different stages of your sale. But this leads to, for what we believe from our experience and from what we're witnessing in the industry right now is basically we need to go beyond just the token contract. Because the behaviors that we're seeing right now, they're, 
in in the actual well specifically in the in the space that we're in so the the binance smart chain and it, we we can see it in other uh you know side chains but we want to make sure that whoever will be supporting through investments in our project but also in future projects will be somewhat protected or will feel safe cuz that's what we want to inspire we want to inspire uh, trust and also peace of mind cuz with trust comes peace of mind and a lot of people i mean i mean myself included i'm sure yourself rob uh when you invest in 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 one of these emerging ideas and and projects you want to make sure that it's not going to be something that people are you know really looking for a quick buck you know mm-hmm. or or they're, they're just looking pump, to flip yeah flip flip their investment yeah exactly um and it's it's no good for the investors that are thinking long term and it's no good for the promoters uh so the development team behind it because it's it's not looking good uh you know from an outward perspective if you're trying to look in and you're seeing the the market behaving as it is and also it affects all the different wallets that you will need to operate uh this business so it's and it's also to the more the, to, the more the more insecurity there is it casts doubt on the entire sector is the problem is that is that you know the actions of exactly. one project really I guess falls down river to Over, everyone else, you know. Yeah, it overshadows the actual legitimate projects that are trying to build something sustainable that have absolutely no interest with the quick buck, you know, type of people. Unfortunately, this is a space where it's still predominantly led by those type of projects. Um, yeah, and that's a hard but, stigma to overcome for, 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 for not only ourselves, but other people that we've spoken to that want to be part of our launch pad. You know, that's one thing that they tell us all the time is, you know, or we sp- speak to traditional investors and they're like, no, that casino, I'm, I, I don't want anything involved with that because it just, you know, it overshadows the real legitimacy of some, some real potential there. When you look at different platforms right now, specifically launch pads, you're going to start seeing that there's different stages to get in those projects whether it's BSC pad whether it's trust pad name them there is quite a lot of launch pads right now but they're all standalone you know if you look at a launch pad most of them it's it's a product it's a standalone product and what they do is they launch project you know it's not an ecosystem it's not built in this broader um idea of of um of creating sort of a a community there are they're supplying the tools to launch your project on whichever chain. And what is the backbone of these launch pad is essentially what we call a crowd sale contract. So these smart contracts enable you to define different stages where someone can come in and uh, buy tokens, invest, or however you want to call it. These specific contracts at the end of the day, you can build a business specifically just on these type of contracts. And if you look at the majority of the businesses right now that are launching in the space, they're they're not building or they're not, I mean, you'd be, not to say that you'd be stupid, but unless you have this foresight or this long-term objective 
of creating a space where you're launching lots of project, you wouldn't need to build a contract like this. Because most people will go on DXL, they'll go on, on, on those launch pad, they'll launch their project, they'll pay the fee to the launch pad, and then they'll migrate the BNBs and the liquidity pool of wherever the exchange, the decks they're going to be using to, uh, to start trading once public. But us, knowing in advance that our trajectory was going to be to help you know, go, you know, help anyone, any creative, any entrepreneur go from ideation to launch. We thought, well, let's do it now. Yeah. Absolutely. And let's, let's work on it now so that it's essentially going to be there when we need it. And our own sort of pre-sale and launch is going to be the proof of, you know, the, the, the proof of concept. Yeah, absolutely. Of this actual Smart contract. Yeah, and the and our business model. Exactly. I mean, we're not going to take a cut on ourselves. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. I mean, this 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 smart contract enables us to in the future to put transaction fees. So obviously, as everybody potentially knows or not, the launch pad their business models revolve around transaction base. So this means that for either transaction base or commission base with a, a fixed fee, but most of them will charge a fee for launching your project uh, on their launch pad. And there's going to be different, you know, if you look at BSC pad, they have their own utility token, which is, it's not, I think it's just called BSC pad, the token for so also, staking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So this is the same thought for us also in the future with, with the launch pad is, is that you'll need to buy Ember to go in the pre-sale. So this is one obviously of many utilities of the actual token, but that specific contract in itself could be a business. So this is important to understand when, when we hear sometimes, you know, people say, well, that's just great. You know, your contracts are out there and, uh, but, but we'd like to see product, you know, where's the app? Where's this? Yeah, yeah, where's exactly. Firestarter? Yeah, I something in my hands right now. Like what is exactly what you're doing? Exactly. I mean, you can't build a skyscraper just, just without foundation. You know, it needs to be stacked on something. Mm-hmm. And, it has and to be foundation. This- yeah, exactly. It has to have the, the, the foundation to sit on from the very beginning. And we've been thinking about this. So that bit helps us define stages that, that crowd sale uh, contract. And going back to what I was saying earlier in regards to peace of mind and trust, and this is something that is quite new. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not very uh, common that you see it in token launches. I mean, if you look at very prominent projects, they do it like Avalanche or, I mean, there's quite a long list of very serious projects that do the vesting. And that's the third contract that we've built. And that that contract is basically to bring peace of mind. And I think this is a, a, a key component of, of our philosophy. Going forward, this contract is the base of everything that we'll be launching on Firestarter, for example. And we feel that without without a vesting 
schedule, which we're going to be speaking more about in next week's show, it's especially in a space where there's this stigma of of a quick buck. We don't we don't want that. We want people to come in for the long run, and especially for the pre-sale stages, whether it's the private or the public. I mean, there's there's trade-offs. If you want to come in and get this advantage of coming in early prior to the public sale, it, it, it comes with the vesting. And obviously there's a schedule to it and we're going to dive deeper into that later. And, and the trade-off but, though for that would be the, the, the very generous discount that you'd be receiving for getting on early. And it's the same type of approach that you see with all these other legitimate projects that are launching with vesting schedule. And also if you think about it, Coming myself and a, a lot of the you know, core team members coming from uh, the startup, the regular sort of startup world, non-crypto related, it, it's very common to have vesting schedule, you know, with cliffs and your average vesting period. And well, that's how, that's how every, every, every CEO in, in the Forbes, that's, that's how their, their, their payment works. I mean, you can't, when you hear these people with these major salaries that are making, oh, you know, um, uh, Tim Cook, $150 million. His salary is, I think, what, like $2 million a year, but it's through the stock options that he receives, and that has to be vested. Because you know that that's exactly. what guarantees results. If you just come on, and they pay him all the stock. It has to, there's points that he has to hit in his career to be able to have that unlocked and have access to, and that's a vesting schedule. It's it's very commonplace, but just not something that's that's so common that a lot of our community is used to. Yeah, and I think another point to that, and I'm very very pro this is equality, and being fair that if we start all at the same level and we get x amount of tokens or whatever then if you're going to stay longer than someone else then obviously this vesting will it's you know if you come in for two months and then you're you're gone then how is it fair for the guy or the girl or that stays you know for a year or two years or three years and that's why i think the vesting is is quite crucial is that yes it's it's a performance base, but it's also to motivate people to stay around and to stick around and to believe long term and be committed and invested. And and we're applying this on the tokenomics so that when people are coming in, we need and, and we want them to think long term. And this will have a significant impact on not only the investors that are coming in to have peace of mind, but also us as a team to have peace of mind as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To know that, you know what? So it's not this, so volatile funds, on our end. They're not yeah. going away. Yeah, it's not so volatile on our end. Or that some that some person doesn't have, you know, some huge amount of leverage over over you know over the liquidity. Uh, you know, and not only for yeah. just us, but also for the for the for other investors that are coming in. People look at it and say, "Wow, look at these people that are vested. It's a, it's a long term, you know, performing investment. Um, and it's compelling to me because it's not just some pump and dump. It's not even it's not even possible because there's so much people that are committed to the project and they've shown that through vesting. And you know, our current solidity engineer. You know, he's, he's not doxxed and potentially eventually he'll he'll be, but 
when we brainstormed on these needs that we had and, and the vision and the, the, the values, because I think it falls into value, you know, company culture and values. First thing that he said is, well, I mean, you guys, you don't, you know, you don't, don't have to do all this. To, yeah. You don't have to do all this. You don't have, <laughs> you don't have to do all this. I mean, there's, you know, if you, if you go at Unicrypt, they'll lock your tokens. They'll, mm. they'll do it for you and it's not going to cost you anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can also go and see like uh, Trustmint. They, they have, they have something like that. You know, you just yeah, so you can outsource, put it in yeah, there exactly, and it's done. Yeah. You can license it from them and, and, but we would have no control exactly. at that point though. We wouldn't have exactly. control the ground up. Also thinking about long-term when we want to build a seamless experience Again, I'm reiterating, but if you want to build an experience that is seamless, that goes from you know ideation to launch, you can't be like, oh, okay, so I'm launching this project. I have to go on this platform to launch my project and stake with another token, and then okay, now my tokens are locked. Uh, you know, my my early investors' token are locked on that other platform. And so you have multiple logins everywhere. It's it's like totally fragmented. This is not what we're seeking. We're seeking an experience where you go and you stay. You stay on on this platform from from the start to the finish. Uh, the experience is all going to be there, and that was truly important for us. And, and it's not something that we see often in the space. And it's normal. It's 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 very early, and I I think. That us, the way we're, we envision the products and the experience is very much uh, ahead of the curve. And what, what was that? What was that old saying? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, yeah exactly. Was, 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 we, we, this is from our own experience. Us, you know, operating in this space and saying why? Why? Did, why has no one done this yet? Why has not anyone put this together and made this easier? Why is there? Why is there jumping from? From segment to to when you're communicating with with the public to you know you're on Reddit at one point and then you're in you know some one of your wallet apps and then you're you know talking on some other some other uh, page to to talk to developers and and then you have to go to your to to let's say like Unicrypt and have to move your tokens and it just it's just such a mess. I mean, it's also too so confusing and, and difficult and a lot of trial and error. I mean, there's been times where people tell me how much money they've lost trying to just move from wallet to wallet. And, you know, it's good money down the drain. <laughs> exactly. It's this, I mean, everybody can relate to this, you know, coming in for the first time in the space and you're like, like, what am I doing? Like mm -hmm. I'm clicking, like I'm, I'm sending money or like, is, is this really going to work? And, you know, this, this first, uh, what we call adoption curve is massive in the space. And, that is also something that is quite important for us to make the adoption of what we're pu pushing forward easy to adopt, easy to understand. We're tapping into muscle memory, meaning that you're, you're used to really all those basics that you see in the regular sort of commerce world. Mm -hmm. And then when you go in the crypto space, these fami familiar, uh, just like familiar, even UI uh, and design and, 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 and design language, exactly. it's all out the window. I mean, if you look at regular commerce, they follow a certain way. I mean, I mean, even apps that's something like Netflix or HBO Max, it's a certain design language that you're familiar with that has, 
Exactly. That, that, that you're able to feel comfortable with. You feel like you know it automatically, whether you're using an iPhone or Android, whatever that is, design language across multiple platforms. And it does not exist in the crypto world. In fact, I feel like when I first see this, they purposely make it over confu- you know, overly confusing. You know, if you look at something like Pancake Swap, yeah. it's like, what, what is happening here? Like, what am I doing? Well, too much. Too much is happening. Yeah. <laughs> too, too much is happening. That's, that's what's happening. I mean, what's, what's the core proposition value? I mean, at the end of the day, less is more. You, you mm-hmm. can't, can't have everything. I mean, there's no point of having everything. You need, if, if you're going to go out and do something, do it like world class. Don't do like mediocre like 20 things immediately yeah 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 jack of all trades master of none is the exactly (laughs) you have to have a focus exactly so i i um i think this is this was important for us to communicate that there's a lot of work that's been put in those smart contracts we've flipped them around in every single way uh possible to test them, to really see if our distribution or tokenomics will stand the test of time. We're fair, like we're very, very confident about what we're going to be presenting to um, to everyone next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Super stoked. The value proposition that's there, and then also to even just the rigidity and the security that's behind it as well, and how it's been developed. And, and when it comes to something, when it comes to our vault contract. We'll break down more, you know, next week on how exactly that'll that'll work. But we're so confident that that that's something that we could even potentially license out ourselves. When our engineer and, and our economists were talking about, you don't have to, build, you know, there's other available options to to license. We believe that ours, you know, stands tall, but the rest of them is something that's it's very competitive. If we decide to take that route, um, that adds to the value of Ember. Yeah, totally. I think it's a it's a great segue since we're talking about Our you know contract. contracts and so the good news because everybody's sort of obviously asking when are those pre-sales going to start and so the good news is that we're um we're ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Actually, so we're moving being ahead of time, we thought we're actually moving faster than we thought. We got we got pretty lucky on that on that aspect. The team that's been working on all the elements of these pre-sales without going too much into the details, but technically speaking, you have the, you know, the three different smart contracts that are interacting within each other. And then we have all the web three aspect of things that is interacting uh, with those smart contracts. And then we need to build the front facing interface to, you know, have a great experience. Everything that we were speaking just a moment ago. And, and for those um, that don't really know what Web3 is, do you want to kind of break down what you're actually talking about in a little more layman's terms for us babble folks? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not an engineer, but the Web3 is 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 just a way to you're interacting interact with, 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 our, with our website. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what mm-hmm. I just said. Yeah, it's it's exactly that. It's It's a language that enables... A, a way to connect with the smart contract and throw commands and initiate and trigger stuff. Yeah, uh, and but in an interface that's easy to use on, on, on your outside. Front end. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. most smart contracts, you can interact with them like on BSC scan and you can throw in like from back in the day, you know, if you look at MS DOS, you could go in there and have command lines. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not great for your average person. So we need to build interfaces that will interact with that and the web three is 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 that and then if you want to make it pretty 
then there's all the the magic that goes into design and UX and UI. And so we're we're even though the smart contracts could have been ready for a while, but I mean they they've recently been fully tested and everything. We'd still need to be able to interact with it. You know, your average investor will want to not have to throw in a command line. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's why Windows. On the that's website. why Windows is so popular. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're we're ahead of the curve, but this has thrown off sort of a uh, a curveball. And I like to use this this expression where sometimes you're a victim of your own success. Yeah. This led us to. I mean, everybody knows that last week we 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 announced that we were gonna you know work with Certic and we were gonna get you know uh, an audit on those three contracts. But unfortunately, what happened when you over deliver and you're you know ahead of your schedule, not everything aligns. So sometimes people can't keep up with how quickly you're working. I mean, other people have their own schedules and, and, you know, they can't deliver on a timeframe that that works for us because we're moving so quickly. And fair enough, you know, uh, so Certic, their schedule doesn't uh, enable them to do it earlier to be aligned with, with our schedule. And the fact that we're ahead of, of where we thought we were going to be and, we know this is something that the community wants. You know, they, they want us to launch the pre-sale, both stages, private and public, as soon as possible. And us is the same. So we decided to sort of postpone, per se, our relationship with Certic to a, a future audit, which will be, I'm not going to reveal anything today, but there is a significant milestone in our roadmap, which is staken. This is massive. Blueprints are done for that. Obviously, we're going to be telling you more on this in the next couple of months, but we decided to reserve the... Our, sure our, I got it for, for when we start to push closer to when that's going to actually, the staking is going to launch. Exactly. And so this means that we've been, we've been scrambling quite rapidly to adjust this this schedule and find a just as good, if not better, auditing uh, blockchain security firm. And half, after you know speaking to quite a lot of them, we decided to settle our site on uh, Hacken. Mm-hmm. Hacken is one of the leading blockchain, if not one of the leaders out there in regards to blockchain security. Their vetting process, in my experience, you know, is yeah, it's, it's, it's absolute. I think it's. I think they set the standard, especially too when we were having the communication of what they're asking for us when it comes to not only auditing the smart contracts um, and and looking at the actual code and stuff like that when it comes to security, but auditing us. Yeah, you know, exactly. The vetting process of of who we are and what we're doing and and behind the company and and our financing and where that comes from and and looking at our books yeah. and, and and vetting each of us personally. And I've never seen yeah, that they, when it comes to an audit company. Yeah, exactly. They work with only docs teams. So they do KYC. So when I say we were scrambling, we were scrambling quite fast because all of this happened earlier this week where we realized that we were ahead of the schedule and then tried to see if that would work with Certic. It it, it did not work. So we decided to postpone that part and find another uh, suitable partner. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at uh, Hacken, they have a team of about 80 engineers. They work with uh, Gate.io. They work with One Inch. They work Coin with CoinGecko. They work with AirAsia. They work with 
I mean, the list is long. If you go on their website, you'll be able to see all the major leading. Uh, I think, not not mistaken that they have V Chain as well. I like, believe so. Like crazy, stupid, so. massive projects we'll, we'll that post, they're working on. We'll post on. links on the socials for for you guys in Discord and everything too, so you guys can look this over for yourself. So, the obvious thing is okay. So you guys are ahead of the schedule. So what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that means that means that we're uh, optimistic and we're quite confident to be able to start the private pre-sale on the week of the 18th. A specific date will drop in the next couple of days, but get get your wallets ready because that private pre-sale will start on the week of the and 18th. They'll, they'll, they'll be needing BNB. That's correct, right? Exactly. The second thing is. A big question that is obviously on everybody's tongue and lips is, am I eligible? Have I been whitelisted? Mm-hmm. And the answer to this is that we developed a, a whitelisting checker uh, that will be available on our website. So by the way, the website, which let's call it sort of a, a version one of the website, will be <clears throat> available by tomorrow. And on that website, you'll be able to check by copy and pasting your wallet address to see if you're part of the of the whitelisting of the pre-sale, specifically the private one. From there, if you feel from from what the uh, the checker brings back, if it says you're not on the whitelist and that you feel you should be for whatever reason, you can actually uh, ask for for a review. A revision of yeah, and that way we can kind of audit, you know, and and see where you guys stand if you want to be a part of the pre uh, the private presale. Um, do we want to elaborate at all exactly why why we're calling the private presale and why there's a, a sense of urgency when it comes to being involved in that presale? There's a fine there's a, there's a finite cap when it comes to our private presale and who's involved. Yeah, of course. I mean, without going too much into the the available. Because we're talking about next week, we're going to talk about next week tokenomics. We're going to break all that down for you guys next week. For sure, for sure. But but to, to your to your question, it's, it's something that a lot of people have their eyes on. I mean, we're a very mature team. Uh, we're fully decentralized, meaning that our team is is everywhere in the world. We're about almost forty strong that work on a day-to-day basis at different levels and areas of the business. And I think we're almost this on every is, continent of the globe, aren't we? I think if you put everyone together, when that, that's besides Antarctica. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't actually be surprised, uh, to be honest. Uh, and we'll, so, we'll yeah, get more intros on the team and stuff at later episodes also. We're going to be bringing in other guests and involve you guys more than just me than just Jason. Yep. So that's great news, obviously. Um, so new auditing partner, uh, which we feel very confident. Everything will be ready for pre-sale. This will uh, drop in the week of the 12th, uh, the end of the audit. So ready for the week of the 18th. You know, Wallet Checker tomorrow will be live on the website. And the website, per se, will be there as well. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, we're live on what? There's no uh, website. Yeah, yeah, no, the, 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 yeah, the website will be there. Go to joinember.com, guys. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that you know we're, we're we're so relentless and scrambling with everything in the background that you know people are like, well, the website, website. Well, yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Let's go last on the list, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's sort of a running gag, uh-huh. you know, in our Slack. Uh, even even the podcast has a better website. I know than, than the actual <laughs> website. You go on ember.com right now. It does not look as beautiful as this podcast does right now on Twitch. <laughs> so I think this this um, this wraps up like the major updates on you uh, where some, we're at, uh, what we're focusing on. Some questions with the public now a little bit. I know I know that I'm watching the Discord and everything, and everyone's going a little crazy. Some of your guys' questions, I just have to say, is that we will be getting to all the juicy stuff about tokenomics and the actual vesting schedule. We're going to get to all of that stuff next week. We're going to give you guys a full breakdown of that, so don't worry. So we're going to kind of skip skip on those questions. Let me just take a look here really quickly. What? So um, kind of the other name, I have a guy from, uh, here we go, from uh, Marcus. He says, are you guys going to have community-based voting slash polls for the project? I'm not really exactly sure what that question means, but you want to you wanna kind of maybe elaborate on that a bit, Jason, if you have a better idea than I do? Yeah, I feel it resonates with me. And if we go back to how <clears throat> I sort of expressed what Ember is going to be at the core of it, obviously it's going to be all these different communities launching these different projects. And one of the core things that we're going to be putting in there that is truly exciting is community curation. And this is a way we feel people are going to be able to put these different projects on the radar, on the spotlight, and who knows, you know, what's going to come out of this in regards to all these leading projects that are being uh, upvoted, et cetera. Because, I mean, I, I don't want to say too much because we, we have a lot of projects and I, I want to keep... And some of us I, have I our, own, some our things. own favorites, you know, <laughs> that want to be launched on there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, I think if, if that pertains to... So, Marcus, if that pertains to that part of the business, yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we truly believe that community curation is part of the essence of where we're going. Yeah, and I think the idea, too, is, is that... The, and then I, I don't want to get, you know, use the word social media, but when it comes to community, and that's what that community is about, what our platform is, is the idea that these people can talk to developers directly, that the community can, can vote on which ones they like and kind of hype certain projects up. And, and that's what kind of makes it exciting because, you know, I might have a favorite and we have to be unbiased on our end. Uh, well, we might have a favorite, but then, you know, some, well, something that can, can come out of left field that gets a lot of traction by the community voting it up and, and really get, you know, get the word out there on it, which I think is something that really will, will separate us. I think it's, it's pretty exciting. So next question here. Um, this, <laughs> of course, from the JT121, and everyone waiting for this question. So what's the plans for marketing? And uh, when could you expect it to happen after launch? What's going on? When marketing, Jason? When marketing? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's obviously a recurring question. Everybody has their opinion on it. Where we and their see definition ourselves, on it. and their definition on what marketing actually is. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> I mean, our our thought around marketing is is still very high level, meaning that we're very much focused on you know brand strategy, positioning, copy making sure that our sort of 
the vision and you know our our company focus and and what we want to bring out there in terms of proposition value we're able to communicate it well and i think that all those yeah that we have the right, projects, right language and the right precise laser focused on on the audience we're trying to reach and how we want to reach them absolutely and i think most projects underestimate or undervalue the importance of having just this world-class brand strategy and for us this is the first stepping stone going forward if we are going to answer you know when marketing the answer will be and is we're in the process of onboarding this massive massive is not the right term in terms of size but there's a massiveness of, of clout. Yeah, exactly. Um, with crazy, crazy credentials, working with some of the top 100 Forbes uh, company, we feel this this is where we want to position ourselves. I mean, if you want to play with the big guys, you you, you got to onboard bring, the big guys. You got to one who yeah, used to play in that arena. With, who are playing in that arena? You got to work. Yeah, exactly. You got to work with with the same players. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if, if exactly, if you want to be in the same league, you got you got to work with the same players. So, this will be something we'll be giving you more details on potentially next week. But all of this is aligned with the public presale, not the private presale. I mean, if you think about marketing, think about private presale is is sort of targeted. Uh, direct, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very directed direct laser ad, focus at a, cer- at a certain audience. Exactly. And if you think about public, this is broad because the goal is to go from private, leverage our initial round, both, and this is where you come in, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. Rob, as, as head of communication. You know, we want to leverage this and, and communicate it to the rest of the world. How well we've done, and what and what our what's our story, and, mm-hmm. and what we're able to do, and 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 really without even making a huge push, and that's a powerful story. Is like, look, we've only started, and that becomes a very compelling when when speaking to the general public when it comes to public presale. So if we say, look, this is what we're about. Look how well we've done now. Look at the interest we have behind us. It makes it a very compelling investment then for the general public. Yeah, exactly. And from there, we'll trickle down a lot of initiatives because you can't go out there and execute marketing without proper strategy. It all needs to be thought through. It all needs to be interconnected, driven by purpose, driven by strategy. And that, and doesn't, that doesn't mean also, too, so people understand to the definition is that that doesn't mean strategy on how do we spend this money. That a lot of people get confused with that. A lot of people think when it comes to a marketing strategy is, okay, what is my budget and where am I spending it? That's not strategic. I mean, you've seen multiple projects. I mean, even you know, in some of these spaces, you know, especially the mean coin spaces, where you know you can throw as much money as you want at the wall, it doesn't mean you're going to get results. I mean, it has to be thought through when it comes to the people you're using, the the the, the language you're going to be using, what your narrative it is is that you want to be showing to the public, and then and then have yeah. the budget to to follow behind there on how to deliver that. And ultimately, and this is always sort of a, not to say a debate, but it's always a recurring subject in the sense that who do we want to onboard? 
And I think that we want to, you know, we want people that come for the right reason. So this falls back to what are you communicating? Mm-hmm. Are you communicating like short term, you know, sort of user uh, onboarding or people that will believe no matter what in, in, in what you're doing and, and stay if you, I mean, without comparing with, with, you know, massive brands, ultimately this is what we want to do. We want to build something recognizable uh, that a lot of people uh, will be able to feel a connection with. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're quite confident that we can do that with, with Ember. Yeah. And hit the, hit the proper audience, you know, the audience that we, you know, that will match what, what our vision is. All right, great. Well, that kind of wraps up today's show. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. This will kind of evolve as we've been doing this. Um, it's kind of our first time out. I think it's been pretty successful. <laughs> People at Discord and stuff it's, are kind it's of digging fun. it. It's been fun. Yeah, exactly. It's, it was fun. I haven't been watching, you know, uh, what people have been saying, but really looking forward to speaking, you know, with everyone and relaying our story each and every week and bringing you, you know, on board in our journey. Yeah, and, and that's what it is about too. So you guys not only get to know us, but we'll, you know, in the future, we're going to, you know, we have discussions. So obviously we're going to meet more of the team. We're going to be doing some, some demoing. Um, and then also in the future, we want to bring on people that we're working with that are in the sector that aren't, aren't necessarily part of Ember, but that can bring insight to you guys and kind of, you know, have some discussions with us and, and how they relate to what our project is. And maybe even in the future when it comes to Firestarter, you know, bringing on some of some of those people that are, from the launch, that are gonna be on our launch pad um, and kind of having discussions with them and why they, you know, why Ember is so compelling when it comes to why they, they chose us. And there is a list of those, we got more in the future. Next week's show though, which we're pretty excited about, we're gonna break down even more marketing for you guys, because I know, <laughs> get this win it's a lot of win marketing questions so we're gonna break that more break that down more i know he talked about the potential partners and when it comes to the people that you know that we want to onboard um and kind of um that are those heavy hitters uh, we'll break that down a little more for you we're also going to be talking about the vesting schedule exactly how that'll work what the cap will be what the terms will be and then of course when it comes to tokenomics we we'll talk about you know the actual supply uh, private and public sale price. We'll give you the full breakdown of all the tokenomics. I know you guys will probably be pretty excited about that. You guys can always check us out. If you missed us, unfortunately, when it comes to uh, our Twitch channel, we can watch us live. Again, that's twitch.tv slash join Ember, and Ember is spelled E-M-B-R, if you're unaware already. And if not, though, you can always catch us on any of the, po- the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We'll be there across the board. See you guys next week. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I know some of the guys in the UK cannot stand that, but sorry, you have to stay up late for us. (laughs) All right, Jay, thank you so much, man. See you later. All right. Thanks, Rob.